Hello everyone and welcome back to the Valley Bookish Podcast. Today we are going to be discussing Jane Eyre and I am joined by Alex who writes TTRPGs, streams TTRPGs, and also he is one of Candace's friends and you know how much we love Candace, so of course we had to have Alex on as well. Hello! I'm very excited to be here and as you all love Candace, I also love Candace. Candace is wonderful and I'm very excited that we were able to make this connection. Yeah, me too. I don't know why I had a preference that you are one of Candace's friends, but oh well, it's out there on the internet yeah. now. I take that as a mark of honor uh, to be included in that elite and illustrious group. So Truly. So this is my first ever time reading Charlotte Bronte. Bronte? That's how you say it? Bronte. Yep. Okay, I thought so, but I said it like one too many times and I was starting to like not be convinced that I was saying it correctly, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like Montana. That's a word that some just the other day I was thinking about and saying in my head, because I I uh I catalog antique maps and books for a living and we just Ooh. had a stack of Montana maps. And after a while, Montana is not a real world word in my head. It was just like, mm. Mm. Am I saying that right? Am I thinking it right? I don't know. To me, it's always Kansas because it feels like Ooh. something that's just in like Wizard of Oz. Honestly, don't know why. I always had a problem with Arkansas versus Kansas because I feel it should either be Arkansas and Kansas or Kinsaw and Arkansas. But yeah, English is a fake language. <laughs> truly, truly just made up. There are no rules. It's all just whatever we want it to be. Or don't want it to be. I feel like frat bros just got together at a bar and they were like, Arkansas, I like Kansas better, you know? And then there was a drinking competition and no one won. And so that it was never settled. <laughs> That's why we're stuck. Yeah. It's like when you read medieval texts and people just like kind of spell things out phonetically, like shot in the dark, kind of just hoping that they're spelling something right we're just gonna how do we spell it i don't know however we want and you know what i either you understand or you don't and that's fine <laughs> Mm-hmm. it's great but uh let's go ahead and start with chapter one i there are only a couple things that i did when i was reading this i was going for the color palette of the books that we read so I underlined and took a note every time a color was mentioned, and I have totaled that up, and I'm ready to talk about it. Uh, and I've also totaled and talked about all of the times that Jane was compared to an animal or something that wasn't human, because I also found that interesting. Those are my only two major notes that I want to talk about. But I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> so I just have to know, I am used to reading Jane Austen, mm -hmm. so okay. I thought we'd kind of go in like a similar kind of vein. Mm. Um, no? No, not at all, in fact. <laughs> I remember reading that like Charlotte Bronte, when Pride and Prejudice came out, like absolutely roasted Pride and Prejudice for some reason. Not a fan. Yeah, no. Did not like it. But now I get it because like that's like kind of sappy, sappy fluff. And this is like grim and dark. <laughs> but like, honestly, just like read what's for you. You know what I mean? 100%. <laughs> I mean, Charlotte Bronte really took the, 
hey, maybe you should write a book if you if you don't like Pride and Prejudice. He's like, oh yeah, fine, I will. And it's gonna it's gonna be a personification of the Northern Moors, and it's gonna be miserable, and you're gonna be really sad as you read it. <laughs> and everyone was like, great, do it, Charlotte. Yeah, do it. I think if Little Women could have a polar opposite, this is the book. Mm, that is... So I've never read Little Rip, Little Women. I've only seen a movie adaptation of it. But I Don't am, read it. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. It does... It has not... It's not an aged well. It's one of those where if you had, like, the childhood nostalgia of reading it, you might enjoy it. But, like... You know, like Percy Jackson, where it's like, you can kind of read it at any age. This is not one of those. It honestly really talks down to you. So like, if you don't have that nostalgia factor, like it just kind of feels like you're getting like life lessons. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just kind of like, slow your roll. Excuse me, Louisa. Could we, could we just not? The funniest thing to me about Little Women is that she wrote like hardcore smut. What? And then like, people just like really... Like, uh, her publisher's daughter really liked it, and then so she, like, released this, like, kind of as a joke originally, but, like, people loved it and don't know her for anything else. <laughs> Excuse? I had no idea about that. That's crazy. Good for you. Yeah, I looked her up, because the only thing I had heard about her was Little Women, you know? And mm -hmm. I just wanted to, like, see what else she wrote. And, yeah, it's, like, bodice ripping. <laughs> huh. So one one more aside from me, and then I, I'm good to talk about. You're totally Jane fine. Uh, so for the for my job as uh, I work in an antique bookstore and cataloging old books and maps, as I said, uh, we get a lot of stuff that her father wrote because her dad wrote like religious instruction booklets that they published, like that like early textbooks. So it's like. So we get a lot of his stuff in and he like, I haven't read them, but I get the impression that it's very much like a little Mr. Brocklehurst-esque, if you will. Uh, and so the fact that she's out there writing smut, uh, just that warms the cockles of my heart. I'm so happy for her. I didn't know that. That's so funny. Louisa May Alcott's dad was like, a, 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 I don't know if he was a minister, but he was like one of these religious instruction protestant evangelist types that was very famous in america so wild i think i saw that charlotte bronte's dad was also a clergyman yes which is i which i think is interesting just because of how much she roast religion oh my god yeah it's i think she's working through some stuff which like great that's why we write books is to work through childhood trauma but uh yeah she, there are few punches held in terms of when did this come out? 18. Uh, sorry. I have to consult my memory. It's like 1850s, 1840s, 1850s. So yeah, like the equivalent of an 1840s roast of really hypocritical jackasses in religion. And I love it. Yeah. I'm imagining this as like her rebel phase, you know? Mm. And I love it. Like, I really hope that this is, like, a theme that continues in all of her works. But I'm just imagining her going from, like, a 15-year-old, like, choir kid to, like, changing and becoming, like, religion sucks. <laughs> you know? Just, like, 
Charlotte Bronte goes into wearing all black, even though she was wearing all black before. But now she's got like, you know, some bangs covering an eye. And she's like, Dad, I'm going to roast you so hard. I hope. <laughs> that is my dream. Like, I don't know anything about her, but that's what I'm hoping for right now. Uh, all of them had tragic, terrible lives. That's that's the issue. Uh, but uh, the the other sister, em- is it Emily who wrote Wuthering Heights? I think it's Emily who wrote Wuthering Heights. I feel like that's the actual rebel of the family because knowing how this goes, it's like, yeah, all right, I can see what's happening. But Emily Bronte is like, what if I made the worst man ever? And we loved him. (laughs) And everyone's like, oh no, don't do that. Okay, so chapter one. Um, I'm going to read my notes like verbatim because I think it's a lot funnier that way. This chapter is an experience as a first chapter, so absolutely, yeah, let's do it. Keep in mind while we're going through these notes that I was comparing this to my standard of Jane Austen. (laughs) The other thing is, too, that um, I... So, like, have you ever read Rebecca by Daphne Boreas? yes. Okay, so, like, when I went into that book, I assumed that, like... Rebecca was gonna be our main character, you know? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um I didn't want to assume that this time around because I've been fooled before. That's that's wise. That's wise. So I wasn't assuming that her name was Jade, because like when I did Rebecca, I had to go scratch it all out or, like <laughs> and go back and just write main character, main character, and then I ended up like googling it because I was like mm. thinking I lost nope. something. Yeah. So that's incredible, but it turns out you were okay because Jane Eyre is our main character, which is great. So I should have just like let the assumptions happen, I guess. But it it's but we're gonna go on a journey with Jane from brooding little nerd to question mark. So so right off rip, we have someone that uh, does not like to go on long rock walks. Mm-mm. And she's very happy it's raining, so she doesn't have to go on a secondary long walk. All I want to say to that is imagine that being your problem. (laughs) I would say it becomes a little clearer when it's like, I have to go on a walk in the moors of northern England, which are haunted and foggy and cold as fuck. In like, it's like, what, November? They're just like making the kids. They're like, ah, oh, you know what you need? More walks in the cold. We're gonna. You need more exposure to the elements. Ugh. I'm saying that's why there's like so many urban legends about the Moors. Like, I think that's where the fake came from. I know they're Irish, but I think that's where the fake come from. Oh, 100 percent. It's because kids keep going in them and getting lost, right. you know? And the weak ones don't make it. That's how the that's how the Victorians did life. They're like, all right, off you go. You're eight. Go to the workhouse. Learn learn how to be industrious. Charles Darwin ah. is taking notes. <laughs> right. It was like, hmm, indeed. Tougher children. Yes, good. That's what we need. But like as a bookish little nerd myself as a child, I totally relate. I totally relate. Yeah, I wouldn't walk in the moors. 
Like, I live in Florida. The second it drops below 60, I'm, I'm not going outside. I'm not going outside. Listen, as a, as a child of the American plains of Minnesota where it gets very cold, I like a good walk in the cold, but I know for a fact that this child, this Jane Eyre child, was not equipped for the cold. You gotta know what to wear. I guarantee she was not layering. I guarantee that her clothes were old and not great and not protective because they don't care. They're like, cold is good for you. Let it seep into your bones. leeches. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to bleed you out and we're going to freeze you to death and you're going to thank us for it later. They're like, ah, yeah, the kids will be fine. You know, they're fine. Whatever. (laughs) Right. And that's why, I mean, one, that's why you have so many. Like, okay, we sent seven kids out on their second walk in the moors today. How many came back? Six? Okay. All right. Good enough. That's enough. That's most of them. Yeah, that's the majority. We're fine. So we find out our main character feels, like, physically inferior. And uh, she also has a nurse. So I said, physically inferior, nurse, she must be dying. You know? (laughs) Like, that's the pipeline. Just point A, point B, yes. Jane Eyre. <laughs> I was like, I've heard this song before. You're dying. That's what it is. It'd be a shorter book if that were the case. Yeah, how many pages is this? A lot. Yeah, and, um... Good news, we end up finding out that our main character's name is Jane. And then my next note is, uh, Mrs. Reed does not like jane much what an understatement that was yeah it's palpable right off the bat just jay uh this poor child and at the same time like what a bee come on this is an explicit podcast you can totally say bitch okay like what a bitch mrs reed like come on like i get being annoyed by kids but like People who legitimately hate kids, I'm like, what are you? It's like, I understand, and we'll talk about it. I understand that the situation isn't ideal, but like, God, just like. So we get Jane in the room with her cousins, and then like, Mrs. Reed just locks eyes with her and is like, ew, (laughs) like, go in the other room. Right, just like, I'm sick of your face, leave. She's like, eh. Sorry, whenever I look at your face, it just makes me vomit. Like, I'm allergic to the sight of your face. I want to know how much of that is autobiographical at the end of the day. Because it feels like this immediately feels like we're working through some, like, someone did not like Charlotte Bronte as a child. And she fucking internalized that. And is like, I'm going to roast many people. And we're starting with Mrs. Reed. Yeah. Funny enough, I saw in the preface before I stopped reading that people like actually thought this was an autobiography. Yeah. It was I mean it's called an autobiography and like that that's the like uh the the conceit of it is that she was like Kerr Bell is the editor, the male editor of this like thing. So like I mean the style is very autobiographical but like yeah, I mean I if you told me that this had actually happened, I'd be like, okay, maybe. Like, CPS? Right. Is there an equivalent of CPS in Victorian England? I doubt it. I don't know. Hope maybe your parents it's the get Lowood consumption. Academy. Oh my God. I mean, the chances of that are high. 
the chances of that are very high. Yeah. Quite frankly, you're probably your parent. One of your parents is probably going to get consumption if you're a Victorian orphan. Literally, yes. <laughs> oh my god, I'm seeing if I have. Sorry. Let's continue chronologically. I'm seeing if I have any notes. So after getting shunned by Mrs. Reed, she decides to like go read in a window. Um, and then like she's sitting there for like maybe five minutes before all of her cousins roll up. Oh wait, before that happens, we do get this whole moment of her like in her brain creating all of these scenarios to like scare the living daylights out of herself. And I was like, girl, are you okay? Jane is not okay. <laughs> this kid needs a lot of therapy that's that's what we're learning here oh my god a hundred percent and unfortunately they're not going to invent it for another 60 years so she's basically out of luck i'm sorry in a future chapter would she just like trauma dumps on helen like relatable oh my god. <laughs> highly relatable yes we'll get there that was so funny but um after she scares the living daylights out of herself for, like, memes, I guess. We uh, get the introduction to her cousin, John Reed. And, like, the way she writes him, she, like, basically compares him to, like, the scum on the bottom of her shoe. And I think, like, at one point she even compares him to, like, a pig or something. Yeah, he is not described in the most uh, glowing terms i'll say that much but it's what sort what was really interesting to me and maybe this is no on the first page she's literally talking about how she feels physically inferior to eliza john and georgiana all of her cousins and then like three pages later she's like this disgusting nerd this bullying piece of shit comes in here with his flabby cheeks <laughs> i'm just like wow wow okay strong personally i was like picturing dudley dursley yeah 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 that's it's like a hundred percent spoiled rich kid privileged piece of shit vibes like i grew up with a dozen of these kids and uh like i see their faces in that description i'm like jerks I love the idea of our girl, Charlotte Bronte, just going through all of her bullies and, like, just writing them out word for word. Like, I want to know who went through this book and, like, picked it up and was like, ooh, (laughs) actually, Actually. yeah. (laughs) Well, maybe they were some of the critics of the book who were like, this book is shit. And maybe it's because I'm in it and I don't like it. I want to know if she changed any names or not. I mean... Like, there's only four names you can have, so I guess you don't really have to. (laughs) As as a Victorian orphan or a Victorian noble, you have four names. That's right. And Reed is one of them, so... It's like John, Williams, (laughs) Charles... Probably Probably a George, maybe. Yeah, maybe a George. Yeah, she's like, oh shit, I'm George. Maybe... Maybe all of the Johns in Victorian England read this and were like, I should reform myself. At least that's that's my high hope. That's my high hope. They're like, I see myself in this and I don't like it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just, that's it. This is a life-changing moment for me. Like when Charlotte Bronte came out and revealed herself as the author, how many people do you think were like, 
Ooh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, based on the nine chapters that we read today, at least five or six, at least five or six human beings read that book and went, oh, if Charlotte's the author, this is not good for me. In the middle of Jane, like, roasting John Reed, he's like, call me Master Reed. And she's like, ew, no. No, not gonna do that. And then she, like, compares herself to a slave, which she does a couple times. And I'm like, girl, what? Chill. That's right. Uh, Jane has some privilege issues of her own that she needs to work on. And... Maybe we'll get there. <laughs> but she is fucking miserable in the most privileged way. Oh, I know. She's like, life is hard. No one has ever had it hard- harder than I have in this moment. She says, sitting on her very cushy, like, windowsill in this pa- mansion, reading her fucking illustrated books, which are super expensive. It's just like, I mean... Like, I'm not saying she doesn't have it hard. No, we all got our problems. She's suffering from, like, extreme child abuse. That's, like, she's literally, I mean, she's legitimately being abused. I'm not going to make light of that. But it's also, like. It's also just kind of funny, like, the way she views her life, you know? I mean, it's very. One thing I do like about this book a lot is that maybe it's just me. And being, like, I relate to Jane Eyre a lot. And I have ever since I read this book. And I also, like, privileged fuck grow up, you know, growing up. So, like, I very much get that vibe of, like, oh, my life is terrible. While you're just, like, surrounded by all of this nice stuff. And, like, that... She, so, I think what Charlotte Bronte does really well in this is, like, gets that sort of... She Like Stephen King, She I think she writes childhood well, at least in terms of... Like, for me, I'm like, yes, this is a relatable childhood. And so I really like that about this book, is that she seems to get into... Even though Jane is a very serious child, I think that there is still a childishness about these chapters that I really like. And that's that's what I'll say about that. I do think it's also going to show a lot of growth for her, because she is, like, actually writing herself as a child in the mindset of a child. Like, I think a lot of people shy away from that and they always try to make themselves seem more serious when they're, like, kids when they write books. Yep. Yep. And we are we are preparing for growth, which I love to see. Me too. So before we talk anymore about Jane's privilege, uh, we in the next scene, we do see her get absolutely slapped across the face. That's right. And hit with a book. Yeah, hit with a book, and then, like, thrown into a wall, and I think she busts her face open. I think it's the book that, it's the book that busts her open, because he, like, hucks a big, heavy, like, leather book at her head. Uh, and also just, like, among the notes that I have, I have broken down the characters, and one of my columns is Men Who Suck, and John Reed is the first one in that, because he is... He's the first male character or the first man boy that we meet and uh, awful. Just a garbage human being. I have a feeling that a continuous realm of this is just going to be that men suck. And honestly, I'm fine with that. Uh, yes. 
<laughs> the list of men who suck is going to grow. It's going to get m- much larger. And the list of men who don't suck, of which I literally have just Mr. Lloyd, the apothecary doctor, he was fine. In the end, in the end, he was like, Jane is not. Anyway, we'll get to that. But he seemed he seemed a little more caring, a little more. Uh, maybe we shouldn't abuse the small child in his conversations, which, like, I get that that's a very low bar, but when the bar is not having a giant book thrown at your head and being locked in a room, I don't know. Mr. Lloyd didn't seem that bad, but maybe maybe I'm giving him too much credit. I feel like the stakes are really low. Like, the spectrum of terrible men to, like, okay, I guess he didn't abuse her. It's, like, wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, and that is, at the moment, the best we have. <laughs> In terms of men, and that's that will be a theme, I, I guess, as I, I will say, because this is not a happy book, really, at the end of the day. Not a happy book. True. So we find out that Jane's dad left her there originally. Like, he dies later, but he just kind of left her there. And everyone is just, like, very pissed at Jane for it. Like, as if she had a choice. <laughs> Yes. Like, how dare your parents be dead, you dumb orphan? How dare you let that happen? After that, she, like, decides to retaliate because obviously she just had a book at- thrown at her head. Like, what else is she to do except retaliate? And um, then, like, the maid and the housekeeper... Um, on Mrs. Reed's command, like drag her to the red room. And all I know about red room is it's very close to murder. And I was sus. I was very sus about this room. That's right. Yep. This room is creepy AF. Like first, why would you have an all red room? And then also wasn't red dye like really hard to get in Victorian England? I don't. I don't know enough about dyes to comment on that, but I will say, like, r- having an entire room that is red is a choice. And it's not not the choice I'd make. I'll say that much. <laughs> I would definitely consider it gaudy. Mm-hmm. If I was at a hotel and I opened the door and the room, everything in it was red, I'd probably close the door and be like, please give me a different room. <laughs> yes, I would like a different room if you don't mind. I w- so when I when I read this coming back to it and one of the things that I sort of associated it with when I read it initially was the bathroom in The Shining. Like if you remember that scene where they go in- I haven't seen The Shining. Oh, okay. There will be no spoilers then, but there is a very red bathroom and it's very creepy. And that's one of the thing the one of the associations I have with the with this room. Uh, that I think just enhances its weirdness to me as like uh, this whole this whole chapter, chapter two in the Red Room, very weird. Very, very weird for me. Yeah, I just don't have that context, I guess. But I need to do The Shining. I need so, a guest to come on and want to do The Shining. The Shining, literally my favorite book. Do you want to do that next, maybe? Yeah, yes, I do. I would very much like to do that. <laughs> So you're having a good time so far. That's what I'm hearing. Absolutely. As long as you, as long as you want to bring this, bring me back. If, if at the end of this, you're like, Alex is the worst and I never want to talk to him again. 
Uh, I understand because rejection is a thing that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, but I'm having fun. This is great. I'm having a Good. great time. Excellent. But I do have lots of thoughts on the Red Room. Sorry. So chapter two. Um, everyone's like shaming Jane as they drag her to this room. Like telling her that they- she shouldn't have hit him in retaliation. And I'm like, you all need to stop. Y'all need to not right now. No, the the entire first part of this book is like, let's not listen to Jane Eyre. Like, that's just the theme. It's, oh, did Jane say something? Ignore it. Because this child is weird and we don't like her. It's like... She's... So I'm trying to put in my head, like, what she looks like to everyone else. And, like, just for, like, the pure black sheepness of it like have you have you seen the new wednesday i have yes i forget what her roommate's name is off like the top of my head oh the very vibrant one yeah like i'm imagining they all kind of look like her and then there's like jane over in the corner and everyone else is just like yeah kind of kind of weird um like a little weird yeah we that one scares us uh and we don't like it (laughs) we don't like it at all like, just based off of her nightmares alone, she gives the vibe of, like, that toddler that, like, sneaks into your room at night. And uh, it's like, what's up with that man behind you? And you turn around, there's no one there. And you're like, what's up with that kid? That is, that's a great point. Because, she, one, she literally does that in this with her ghost. But also, it's like, they they describe her as uncanny a lot. Or, like, there's something, quote, unnatural about her because she's so quiet and like stares at people and it's like we're getting it from her perspective so we're like why are you guys such jerks but then it's like yeah imagine you're just a nice victorian family you're just sitting around enjoying your embroidery or your books and then this little phantom child is just like pale staring at you and you're like what do you want and they don't speak they don't say anything they just like look at you it's like okay yeah I'm not going to lock that child in a death room, but I'm also... But I'm scared. Right. I'm going to be a little bit like, oh, what does this child know? Because I feel like you're about to say, I know when you die. And it's like, no, I I don't want to know that. So please don't say it. I saw this lady on TikTok the other day talking about her, like, kid being like, there's something under the bed, mom. Like, can you check? And she's like, oh, my God. And then, like... There was the same thing with, like, the TV. She's like, who's that man on the TV? And she's like, the TV's turned off. What are you talking about? And it's just like, why are kids so freaking creepy, you know? I hate everything about that. I don't like any of that. No. This reminds me of the time when I was, like, five, and I had, like, a really bad nightmare, and I went into my parents' room and told them I saw, like, faces out of the wall. Like, what would you do? Like, if some kid came up to me and told me that, and they're like, I can't sleep, I saw faces coming out of the wall. Like, now I can't sleep either. Like, what? That's literally terrifying. Kids are so scary. No. No, I'd be like, well, uh, I guess we're checking into a hotel for the evening, because that's not okay. That's not okay. No, I don't want to do that. So, like, chapter two, that's that's where this whole spiral is coming from. Bessie and Miss Abbott are, like, 
you're less than a maid to this family, all this shit. And then they like tie her to a chair and she's like begging them. She's like, I'll be good. I'll be good. I promise I'll be good. Hold on. <laughs> wait. I'm like, I'm sorry. Wait. Like, what are you, what are you talking about right now? And then they like, keep reminding her. They're like, wow, Jane, you are so poor. <laughs> and they're like, if, if you don't start behaving, we're going to give you a poor family to live with. Oh my god. The yeah, the <laughs> the amount of emotional abuse that these two servants are able to cram into like a page and a half is truly astonishing. Yeah, it's truly astounding. But they're like you're very poor. If you keep acting up, we're going to send you to go live in the poor house. So like beyond better behavior. And like honestly, Jade's not really not doing anything. Like she's just like a normal kid, like a little creepy, but a normal kid. Yep. Like, I just think it's really funny that they're like, be on be- a better behavior. Like, talk or something, maybe. Right. Stop being a weirdo. <laughs> is it that hard? And Jane, on the point of being, like, tied to a chair, is like, yes, it's that hard, but I'll try. Jane's like, I don't talk. Like, I felt like this is what you would want. And they're like, I don't know. Could you be, like, slightly charismatic or something? I don't know. <laughs> Just, that's a hard pass from Jane. She doesn't have it in her. They're like, maybe stop saying that you're seeing ghosts haunting this house. Like, it's freaking everybody out. <laughs> I, f- I feel like this scene in in many ways is the, uh, the Eric Andre meme where it's like Jane Eyre shooting someone, being like, you know, telling ghost stories and shooting Mr. Reed. It's like, why would Mrs. Reed do this? It's like, well, Jane, maybe if you chilled out a little bit, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, we might be okay. Like, this woman literally lost her husband, and every so often, Jane's just like, I see your husband roaming the halls. (laughs) Like, (laughs) bye-bye. Like, that has to be so traumatizing for this woman, because, like, she already lives in the house that her husband died in. Now she has this kid. Yep. And it sounds like I'm blaming the victim, and I don't mean to be doing that. It's just, it's kind of funny. You know what I mean? I appreciate it as a thought exercise to get out of Jane's head, because, like, there is a lot going on in this house, and we only have the perspective of this little ten-year-old weirdo who's just creeping everybody out. So, I I also don't condone child abuse, but it is a... It is an interesting exercise to be like, why do they hate her so much? Yeah, like, I'm just, like, trying to think if there's any reason, like, these people are just the absolute worst. You know what I mean? Like, these are the worst people to just have a creepy child in their midst. Yeah, no, they are just not equipped for it. Not equipped at all. So while Jane is also, like, questioning everything right now, we also find out that John kills animals. Like, this kid is going to grow up and be, like, a serial killer. Like, what What the hell? Yeah, straight up. Straight up, John Reed is Jack the Ripper in, like, 30 years. Or wh- whatever Jack the Ripper is. Like, Imagine just, Charlotte just... Bronte met a serial killer and then, like, wrote about John Reed in her book. Oh my gosh. The implication of that is that not only did she meet a serial killer, but she, like, solved a serial killing. She's like, I know. I know who did this. 
And rather than turn them into the authorities, I'm going to roast them in literature. I'm going to get them so hard. Jack the Ripper reading Jane Eyre is like, oh, oh, oh my god. <laughs> Shit. Oh, she got he me knows. good. John Reed the Ripper. John Reed the Ripper. Canon. Established it. We solved it. We solved it. We're good. I'm not looking up the dates here, okay? No. This is a fun fan- uh, fiction podcast, okay? I don't care if these people never met. No. Facts only get in the way of a good story. Truly. So we find out that Mr. Reed is dead, and he was her mother's brother. And he made Mrs. Reed promise to raise her like her own child, which I don't think is going, you know, very well. No. And then we also have, like, Jade just sitting there getting, like, in her own head, like, this own, like, psychosis moment where she's just, like, imagining, like, all this different stuff. And then she, like, bloody murder just starts screaming. Like, she sees something move and she's like, oh, my God, it's Mr. Reed's ghost. He's going to kill me. I'm going to die. And then she's, like, screaming bloody murder. Everybody runs in. They're like, what happened? Are you are you hurt? Are you dying? Like, what's why are you screaming? Are you hurt? What did you do to yourself? It's just like, I saw a light. Yeah, 100%. Their first assumption is that she did something to herself. So, like, what did she do in the past that made that their very first, like, go-to? I'm going to be generous and think that they just think she's weird, as usual. And so they're just like, ah, Jane acting up again. Little attention monster. Just just wants attention. It's kind of weird seeing this from their point of view and be like, yeah, that kid would be kind of weird, you know? Still not an excuse, but... Nope. Zero excuse for it, but they're like, "Did you do that on purpose?" And she's like, "I saw Mr. Reed's ghost." And they're like, "Um, Which... like, did you do it on purpose?" <laughs> right. So again, they're like, "Can you stop with the ghost? Can you stop with the Mr. Reed ghost?" <laughs> you know, like Victorian child, uh, in the moors all day, comes back cold and pale complaining of seeing ghosts and they're like could could you like not like maybe could you just not not say ghosts not do that right just one day jane can we have one day where you're not seeing ghosts or prophesying doom please please that's all we ask it's like those coming of age movies where the dad's like why don't you get in a basketball and you're like i like theater dad like i like ghosts and trauma dad (laughs) Yeah, I like being cold and miserable. Leave me alone. No, wait, don't. No, wait, don't. Yeah, act- but like, also right. Maybe leave do. me alone, but don't. I'll, I'll be here. You be there. Like, very, very cat-like. Which oh, this is a point I wanted to bring up because you had mentioned talking about how other people see Jane Eyre. Uh she is called a mad cat not once but twice in in the time that she spends at um gateshead it's just like yeah there uh i don't have a point about that i'm just bringing it up that they're like there is something very cat-like about her behavior and they remark on it which i appreciated which honestly i feel like we see actually like she's very skittish she's very jumpy she's very reactionary like i guess you know if this is your childhood i can't i cannot blame her for being reactionary at all no 
Like, most people's reaction is to get, like, really quiet and shut down. And Jane's reaction is like, I'm going to beat your ass, actually. That's right. Claws come out. John Reed gets slapped. Hashtag John Reed deserved it. I'm not absolutely deserved it. But, yeah, she, uh, yeah, there is something very cat-like about her in, uh... Like, if I saw this happening, I'd be like, do it again. My phone's out now. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Go again. Hold on, hold on. Go again. Then at Jane's future wedding, I'd pull it out and be like, all right, wait, wait. My favorite video of Jane right here. (laughs) Right, guys. Watch what she's about to do. She's going to slap this guy. She's going to slap him so hard. So we're on to chapter three. And a stranger is just like carrying her unconscious body. Like this kid is passed out on the floor of the red room. And just like for a moment, just imagine as a stranger seeing the red room. First off. And they're like, this is the most right. luxurious room in the house. And we know she's, like, a pale, pale thing. So, like, in my head, like, the cinematography color change of, like, the contrast between this bright red room and this pale, pale child passed out on the floor right now is why. Like, it's so good. Absolutely. Yes. The, and I, I think she passes out because she gets chilly. I think that's what happens. I think it's, like an emotional like she's obviously emotionally overcome but it's also just like this part of the house is never heated and so it's it's like she's out on the moors again and it's just like yeah like i have this picture of this tiny vampire child like passed out in just like this blood red room and yeah you're the doctor who comes in and is like what 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 is going on here why do you have a vampire child what is this but like, how long has she been in here? Has she not fed? <laughs> Plus, she just, like, also does not no. eat on top of this. And, like, you know, like, people are... So, like, when I was a kid, I I got this rumor that I was a vampire. Okay. So, uh, like, you know that has to be her childhood rumor. Like, people are going around asking, like, does she age? <laughs> right. Have, have you seen her grow up at all? That's, that's right. She just appeared. And she's she's been this way the whole time we've known her so i think mrs reed would fully embrace saying that jane's an amp- a vampire if anybody ever asked her a hundred percent a hundred percent her torch would be lit immediately yeah she's like where's my steak i'm ready to go so we find out that it's like mr lloyd um who is the doctor and he's kind of like so uh what what happened what happened here? He's like, did you just like pass out? Like, what happened? And Jane, all wide eyed, is like, I, I saw a ghost in that wet room. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Meanwhile, this chapter directed by M. Night Shyamalan for everyone, because <laughs> yeah, it's there. The the I see dead people vibes very strong, very strong in this chapter. Yeah. Yeah, like TV flickering. Yes. So then she's like laying down and Bessie and Missy are talking and like whispering to each other, thinking that she can't hear them. And they're like, she's going to die within the night. They're like, we have to stay in the nursery. 
this kid's also been like rail thin the entire time they've known her and like Bessie's like I think tonight's the night like do you think they have like a bet going on like how long is this weird orphan kid going to last and survive here (laughs) there's a Deadpool for Jane just like I don't think she makes it to 12 I just I don't think it's gonna happen uh 100% because the servants are are incredibly callous and terrible oh I mean Bessie's all right Bessie's not the best right but but again we're in that realm of like okay so you're not overtly emotionally or physically abusive uh so that's like that gets you to good person territory in this in this universe uh the The best we have (laughs) right sorry Jane this is the best we got got one lady who is gonna be uh really cruel to you but cruel to be kind I guess as you know at least she kind of cares if you live. Like, that's that's her standard now. Right. She would prefer if you didn't die. That's her preferred outcome, <laughs> is that you make it. But, like, you know, what more can we ask for than that, really? Apparently. Apparently that's all we got. But Bessie has to go down to help with dinner. And Mr. Lloyd's like, okay, can you, like, tell me what really happened? And Jade's like, they abused me, sir. And they locked me in that room, and then I saw a ghost, and he's like, okay. Um, and also, I, I think he's doing cocaine the entire time he's talking to her. Fun fact. <laughs> Which, entirely, entirely possible. Entirely possible. Like, I think that's what's happening. Like, they make multiple notes about how he's reaching into a snuff box and taking a quick hit. Ooh. And I was like, I think this dude's coked out. I think that's what's happening here. <laughs> I think I interpreted it as nervousness because I don't think he knows like what the fuck he's supposed to do in this situation. And it's like, because he's an apothecary, he's not an actual doctor. So it's like he's more middle class and the reeds are wealthy and like this this vampire child that they keep is sick. And I like, I think he probably knows like this child is not the favorite child, but here I am. So like, I got to do something and I don't really know what to do. So it's just like, I I read this scene as him just like nerved the fuck out. Like, ah, uh, if I do the wrong thing, things could go very badly for me. That's how, that's my reading of it. But I like the idea that the way he's medicating is with Victorian cocaine. <laughs> That's fair. He totally could have been fidgeting, but I just want to imagine as this dude is just like taking a quick line while like talking to this weird kid. <laughs> just like, okay. Yeah, tell me tell me more about the ghost, vampire child. Okay, yeah. All right. Let's talk about it. You think there's rats in the wall scratching? I'm going to need another one for this. We'll get right on that. Yeah, right. Fuck this kid. This kid is too much. Oh my god. So then he's like, alright, listen kid, you do not have many options. (laughs) He's like, either you go live with some distant relatives, and she's like, but my relatives are poor. I don't want to be poor. That's not an option. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) It's like, Jane, would you choose poverty? And she's like, no. She's like, at least here I can be sad in Louis Vuitton. (laughs) Yes! Yes! (laughs) And I don't know if anytime I'm sad, I just get in my Bugatti. <laughs> I don't know if this is her finally figuring out that, that in fact she could be way 
like it could be worse and she's just like coming to terms with it but it is very much that like i guess i'll buy myself another book because i'm feeling sad like vibe just like this kid she's like maybe i'll go get myself a pretty bow at the markets on sunday deep (laughs) right deep sigh deep sigh that i shall be able to do this Hmm. it's gonna be a black one though because i only wear black that's right there must be no colors so then he's like your other option is you could just go to school and she's like i don't know man like only boys go to school like john goes to school he doesn't like it but his standards are kind of shit so i really probably shouldn't judge it by that but like uh i don't i don't know school learning i don't know Yes, I, I love that the fact that her shitty cousin hates school is the reason she's like, okay, maybe I do. Maybe school isn't awful, because if an awful person hates it, and like, just the, the logic of it all is very, yeah, it's very funny, and like, I appreciate the train. You can see the gears turning as she's, as she's thinking about it. The enemy of my enemy. <laughs> right. In this case, that enemy is school excellent she's like you know what i think i will get an education solely because john hates it right just to just to fuck with him i'm gonna do it after that he's like okay i'll make a recommendation for you to be able to go to school and then they also just compare jade to being absolutely atrocious looking again for no reason (laughs) yes they're like we'll send the ugly child to school right this little toad we will send off to school it's like oh there's so much internalized, self-internalized hatred in, in this book. It's it's a lot. Uh, it's just, like, so funny, though. <laughs> then she's just like, yeah, and then I took my frog-leg feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. My pale phantom visage. Here, here we are again. You know, like when your parents bring out the baby photos and you're like, oh, why did I look like that? <laughs> right. I'm just a little. And then Charlotte just like takes the entire photo, puts it in her book and goes ugly underlined. Yeah. It's like, what did I hate about myself as a child that I can talk about at length? Oh, everything. Great. Yeah, let's do that. She's like pulling out her childhood diary and she's like, all right, what did I hate about myself? Yep. That's going in. That's going in. She's like, my knobbly knees, my ugly nose. <laughs> Throw it in the book. All that in the book. All right, what else did I hate? What else did I hate? Hmm. Putting it in. My cousins. Everyone thinks my cousins are hot. Yeah, that's going in. She's like, so I was living with supermodels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just like, I, a pale-waisted vampire, was living with these gorgeous, uh, yeah. Just... But that is all we have time to cover today. I I like that we're stopping and we're like, all right, they just called Jade super ugly. And we're like, all right, that's all we've got today, folks. (laughs) Yep. Just like this ugly kid. And see you next time. And scene. Okay. (laughs) Yes. But uh, Alex, where can all the people of the internet find you and the things you're working on? Oh, yeah. If the people of the internet want to find me, uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter, if it still exists, whenever you're listening to this, uh, at Mightiest Finn. That's Mightiest, like the superlative, and Finn, F-I-N-N. You can also check out 
the backwards tabletop games itch page. We have I've written two uh, gothic horror uh, TTRPG role playing games. That's really redundant. I've written two TTRPGs uh, in the Southern Gothic and Gothic horror genre. So if you want to add a little flavor of that, you can check us out on our itch page. Uh, but that's really where I am. I'm not a big human of the internet, but I do lurk and post things like cute pictures of my dog and info about where I will be playing games and streaming them. So I mean, simply, what more can you do on the internet than post photos, post photos of your pet and, you know, tell people where you are at? I mean, that's what it's for. Truly. I think that's what it's for. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, fine. Come check out what I'm doing. I, I play I play games and I write them and I think they're cool and fun. And I hope you would think they are, too. Uh, and then find me here for future episodes when we talk more about this poor Victorian vampire, Jane Eyre. This poor orphan that is apparently really ugly. <laughs> this, inc- this incredibly ugly, poor in the literal sense. She is she lives in poverty <laughs> with no relatives. <laughs> just having having a time but we'll catch you all next week bye